Coming up on the Manifest Wrestling Podcast, a dominant figure in the women's division has made a triumphant return. We're going to tell you who and what it means for the women's division going forward. Also, are we getting a heel turn from one of the biggest baby faces on the Raw roster? Really interesting stuff there. And finally, we got to start talking about this Matt Riddle stuff, okay? He's getting into a lot of trouble. And his future might not be very bright under WWE's umbrella. All that and more coming up on the Manifest Wrestling Podcast because we are officially on air. Welcome into the Manifest Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Alfonso McCree Jr. That's A L P H. O-N-S-O-M-C-C-R-A-E-E Jr. And you can bet on me and the Believe Network bringing you the Manifest Wrestling Podcast. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't start today's episode by acknowledging what yesterday was. September 11th, 22 years to the date where the Twin Towers came crashing down, a plane went down in a field in Pennsylvania, and the Pentagon was missing one of its sides at the end of the day. It was a tragic day for all of America, and a lot of lives were lost in a very, very hectic way. Um, My uncle was almost one of those people, and I'm thankful to God to this day that he was late for work conveniently that day, and he wasn't late very often. Uh, People like Michael Jackson were supposed to be in the World Trade Center that day. Again, didn't make it to the World Trade Center. Um, You know, just a really unfortunate situation. I lived in Washington, D.C. My parents worked downtown and they have always told me that they could feel the ground shaking when the plane hit the Pentagon. They work right next to the National Mall. So that was a really, really big explosion and sound wave caused by that. And a lot of people lost their lives tragically in that situation. And, you know, just thinking about that day really brings me back to that SmackDown right after 9-11 that WWE had. And um, the reason I never forget that is because to me, in my eyes, it was a shining example of how we can press forward and continue to move forward and continue to show perseverance in the face of tragedy. When people try to cut down America, America always bounces back. That's why America has consistently been one of the most powerful nations in the world. The pride that people take in this country, even when we disagree, we still love this country. We might not love everything that the country does, the way it operates, but we love America. There's no place that I would rather live, that I would rather be. The rights that I have here are better than a lot of the rights that I would have anywhere else. It doesn't mean that there aren't problems, but that means that this is a place that's worth thinking about protecting, defending, and living. That's why I served in the Air Force for six and a half years. That's why I remember things like 9-11 and I pay respects. And, you know, this is, it's an unfortunate day that happened, but I really believe it, it brought the best out in a lot of people. And I believe it continues to do that. And WWE's episode after 9-11 was one of the most powerful episodes I believe in the history of the company and um, you know WWE again I've mentioned it on this podcast before it's one of the things that really helps me through all of my darkest times wrestling professional wrestling Vince McMahon's project is what has been the consistent light in my life through 
any type of darkness that I've been going through. And, you know, when we talk about entertainment, a lot of people like to diminish the value of what it can bring to people, but people don't realize entertainment is what keeps us sane a lot of the time. Entertainment is what can bring us together. That's why they call music the universal language, right? Because music brings people together. Wrestling brings people together. I've sit, I've sat next to people of all races, creeds, backgrounds, political views, everything at wrestling shows and had a great time with them because wrestling is that glue. Wrestling is a big glue of this nation. And this nation 22 years ago got hit very hard but I believe WWE played a big part in leading the way back towards rebuilding and restructuring and getting ourselves back on our feet. And um, you know, 22 years later to the day, here they are still doing it. So rest in peace to everybody whose life was lost on that tragic day. Um, and like I said, really, really grateful that you know I don't have to read my uncle's name every year. Uh, can't imagine what that feels like, what that could possibly be like. Uh, WWE did a beautiful tribute to them um, today to 9-11, as they do every year uh, that they have, you know, show on 9-11 or around 9-11. They always end up doing a really good tribute show, um, not tribute show, sorry, a tribute package um, to the tragic event and, um, you know, they, they did it again this year. This was a really, really good episode of Raw, I have to say. A lot happened. Um, I want to start with the return of one of the most dominant women in the history of professional wrestling. Yes, I said that. Why? Because she can hurt you in the ring and she can hurt you for real. It's Nia Jax, guys. She is back on Monday night raw and the dynamic of the women's division has completely changed now i know what people are gonna say i know what people are gonna say oh nia jack she's unsafe how'd she get brought back and da, 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 da. listen i'm not gonna defend anything that she has done in the ring prior to this because while i'm not here to insult her either i am somebody who likes to face facts and the fact is she hurt a lot of people uh her, Infamously, she is what led to Becky Lynch's huge push when she punched her in the nose for real, broke her nose. And we had that amazing visual of Becky Lynch with blood down her nose and standing in the crowd saying, what's up? Come get some and everything. Nia Jax was the infiltrator of that. Now, what I can say about Nia Jax is two things. Number one, I know that she's been training and practicing because I've seen her. And she is also a breath of fresh air in a women's division on Raw that was growing very stale. If you look at the women's division on SmackDown, I believe it's far more deep. You got Charlotte. You got Bailey. Io Sky, the champion. Asuka. Bianca Belair is taking a break, but she's still there. You have Shotzi, who's starting to get a little bit of a push over there. Like, you have options. But on Raw, it's like, who could you really point to that is a really good contender for Rhea Ripley? Nobody. 
Like, okay, sure, you could point to Raquel Rodriguez, but could you really point to Raquel Rodriguez? They haven't done anything really to build her up as a serious threat to Rhea Ripley. Like, yeah, she's big, she's strong, she's all of that. Like, she looks the part, but you can't just look the part. Like, there's character work that has to be done, and there hasn't been enough done with Raquel Rodriguez to make anybody believe that she's beaten Rhea Ripley for the championship. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And here's another thing that that I want to point out about Nia Jax. She is a true heel. Always has been. The only time that she's really been a face and it worked to some degree was during that feud with Alexa Bliss. But even then, that wasn't going to work for too long. And it didn't work for too long. Rhea Ripley gets baby face pops every single week. Maybe this is WWE's way of transitioning Rhea Ripley out of the heel role, even though I know Judgment Day is a heel stable. Doesn't mean that Rhea Ripley has to stay a heel forever. She could easily just play something like an anti-hero, and that would work. Who knows what they're going to do with her character moving forward, but it would be weird to have heel versus heel, and it would be weird for Nia Jax to play the face, because I just don't think... It would work. Now, it could be wrong. I just don't think it would work. And with Rhea Ripley already getting organic pops from every crowd, the crowds love her. Her t-shirts are flying off the shelves. She's the most followed social media uh, superstar on the roster. I mean, I think it's realistic that they could turn her face. That's all I'm saying. And I'd be curious to see if they actually do it. I don't think it would be such a bad thing. And speaking of baby faces turning heel, Drew McIntyre, what is going on? Drew McIntyre is showing some real heel tendencies lately. And you know, if you guys have listened to my last few raw reactions, one of my constant topics has been who is the next challenger for Seth Rollins at one of the big four pay-per-views? All right, when you have the big four pay-per-views, you always want somebody legitimate, somebody that's believable to go up against the champion. When you have stuff like Payback, Fastlane, cool. You can throw a Shinsuke Nakamura in there where you're just going to have a really good match and a really good story. But everybody knows Seth Rollins ain't losing that title. Business-wise, it doesn't make sense for him to lose that title to Shinsuke Nakamura. But Drew McIntyre? Oh, that, that could make sense. Drew McIntyre is still one of the biggest stars in the company. Even though he's been doing kind of a lot of losing lately. And he hasn't been in the world title feud really since Clash at the Castle, I believe. So, you know, you take all that into account and you say, oh, well, what what were they doing with Drew? What was the end goal with Drew here when he got into this feud with I mean, not this feud, but this partnership with Matt Riddle. What was the end game here? Because according to all the dirt sheets, they were saying WWE is adamant that they are not trying to recycle the RK Bro storyline. So I'm like, okay, they're not trying to recycle that. Where are we going here? And all the seeds that have been planted with Drew McIntyre and the New Day and, you know, his problems with Xavier and Kofi. They all seem to be leaning to one place. And he had this interesting quote. Let me read it for you guys right now where he did an interview a backstage interview it was like one of those raw exclusive interviews and 
it was on Raw Talk. And his quote was, I don't know if this is the forum where I reveal everything going on in my mind. I'll just say there's a lot of wrongs that need to be righted around Raw right now. This is not the same place where I was WWE champion for a very long time. Usually when somebody starts talking about they need to be the fixer of, of things, um, typically that's bad news for everybody. And that's not a babyface bad news. That's a heel bad news. And Drew McIntyre could be that very next big heel to feud with Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. And I believe he is a believable contender for the championship. And he is somebody that could defeat Seth Rollins for that championship. So I'm just saying, if Seth Rollins' back is as bad as we think it is, and he needs to take time off, they're not letting him drop that title until a big four, at least. And if he needs to get some type of surgery so that he can, you know, continue, maybe be back for Mania, I think Survivor Series would be the latest that they would pull the trigger on the title change so Seth Rollins could take time off and be ready for WrestleMania. I don't see them doing it any later than that. If Seth Rollins doesn't drop the title by Survivor Series, I would see him keeping it through WrestleMania. And that's just that's just how I see it, just based on the logistics and the business side of things. Like some things just don't make sense. It it, it sucks now because like I see it from a business perspective instead of just being able to, you know, digest it as a fan only. But you know, when you're around the business, like I am now start to understand how some of these things work and why certain decisions are made. And, uh, you know, I don't think that Seth Rollins dropping the title, you know, at a random pay-per-view is going to make a lot of business sense. So Shinsuke will not be winning, but Drew McIntyre, yeah, he, he, he could win. Speaking of titles, Gunther is officially the longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time congratulations to gunther yes absolutely yes now here's my thing he came out he did his title celebration his title reign celebration and here comes chad gable and immediately immediately my thought is i don't want to see this match again i saw it twice Gable lost. I'm done with it. Gable, he comes out and he's telling Gunther, like, I'm going to get you back because you made my daughter cry. And in my head, I'm thinking to myself, nah, Gable, you kind of made your daughter cry because you lost. She didn't cry because Gunther won. She cried because you lost. I'm not interested in seeing the feud again. Now, Champa ended up coming out, and he has now inserted himself into this title picture, into this storyline. That is one I'm interested in seeing. Again, Gunther versus smaller guys is always good, but I don't want to see the Chad Gable match again because I've already seen it. It's too soon. I don't need to see it again right now. I do have a lot of interest in seeing him mix it up with Champa, though. If you haven't seen Champa, I feel bad for you. Go watch some old NXT, some black and gold NXT. He is one of the greatest NXT superstars ever. In my opinion, he's the best NXT champion ever. He's just that good. His matches were that great. His feud with Johnny Gargano was that great. 
He's just amazing. So it's nice to see him like featured on the main roster again too. That's that's a really good thing. He he can only provide great stuff going forward because he's just that great of a wrestler. But Chad Gable, please take a step back. I don't want to see it at all. Not even a little bit. Please. When we come back on the Manifest Wrestling podcast, we got to talk about this Matt Riddle stuff. We have to. Matt Riddle has to be on like strike two at this point if not three so we're going to talk about what his future is going forward in wwe and also a brand new venture featuring the greatest commentary team in wwe history all that and more coming up right on the Matafest wrestling podcast stay tuned Welcome back to the Manifest Wrestling Podcast with your host Alfonso McCree Jr. on the Believe Network. Let's talk about Matt Riddle, guys. Let's talk about it. But before we do, it's the three count. Ring the bell, ref. Ring the bell. Put him away! He did it! He did it! Alright, now Matt Riddle. You got me so excited, I almost forgot to introduce a segment. What is wrong with you? In case you guys haven't heard. Matt Riddle has been involved in yet another incident. This time at JFK Airport. So I'm going to get the actual quotes for you. This is coming directly from Ringside News. And if you didn't notice, Matt Riddle was not on Monday Night Raw. And, you know, some within WWE are claiming that it was because of an illness. I don't believe that. I believe it had everything to do with the incident at JFK Airport. He was on his way back from India from the Superstar Spectacle, and he ended up causing a disturbance at JFK Airport with, uh, you know, police officers or, you know, security officers there. Um, there were reports that he was heavily intoxicated at the time as well. And he ended up going on social media and claiming that the airport security had sexually assaulted him. And then he took the post down um, after a while. And uh, yeah, this is just another one of those incidents and a long line of incidents involving Riddle. And the reason why this is such a big deal and is so concerning is because you've already had so many incidents involving matt riddle he has two failed drug tests um he had those nude video leaks as well uh his divorce was very public which i find really unfortunate because nobody deserves to have their personal life publicized but it was and that leads to bad press for wwe and really the very first thing that he did was have that online feud with goldberg and to be clear, nothing he was really saying about Goldberg was all that wrong. Like, Goldberg hasn't been known as the safest worker in the business, and Matt Riddle was pointing that out. But you have to understand where you work, the situation, you got to read the room. Goldberg is still a WWE Hall of Famer. He's still a legend of professional wrestling. He's still one of the greatest professional wrestlers who have ever lived. 
And you have to understand the respect and admiration that comes with that. And you have to understand the politics that come with that as well. And I feel like when Riddle was doing all of that, he wasn't really thinking about how this could affect him in the eyes of the people who make the big decisions. Now, the thing about Riddle is like he's so talented that a lot of his talent overcomes, you know, the dumb stuff that he finds himself involved with or that he says or that he does. And if you haven't seen from the past, man, that only works for so long. Like, of course, yeah, you're going to have a longer leash. Like, if I got hired by WWE today as a wrestler and I started doing dumb stuff, I'm getting cut tomorrow. Why? Because I'm nowhere near as good as the good guys on the roster. But that doesn't mean that those guys with all the talent on the roster can just do whatever they want with no repercussion. Again, as I've said before on this podcast, this WWE machine is going to keep going without you. If you get fired today, guess what? They still have a show on Friday. They still have house shows today, tomorrow, Thursday. Those house shows are going to sell out. SmackDown's going to sell out. Their next premium live event is going to sell out, even if you're not on the card. So it would be in your best interest to make sure that you are protecting your bottom line by ensuring that you do not bring any bad press to the company especially stuff like this now there's personal stuff like the nude leaks obviously he didn't leak those himself but he still got into some you know pretty uh pretty bad trouble for that one and then the two failed drug tests again walking on thin ice here buddy and then you have this one you cannot get into incidents at the airport That is one of the biggest no-nos. Like, you cannot do that at all. You do the wrong thing at an airport, you can end up on a no-fly list. You end up on a no-fly list, you're of no use to WWE. Because they're not going to wait for you to drive to every city that they have to get to. Especially if the city is on the other side of the country. Like, that. You have to, you got to think. You really got to think. I don't know what he's going through in his personal life. Typically, when people start doing stuff like this, it always stems from something in their personal life. I know he's, you know, he's got a lot going on. You know, he's trying to maintain the relationship with his children after his divorce. He's also, you know, I believe his fiance is pregnant. Like, there's a lot going on. High stress environments, right? And then you work for WWE. That's one of the highest stress environments you can ever work in it's live television in front of two million people yeah that's going to be really really stressful but you got to make better decisions for the benefit of your career so that you can hold on to your career and you can continue to make money for yourself because he has all the talent in the world but eventually if nobody wants to work with you that talent isn't really going to matter anymore like When you think about somebody like Jeff Hardy, for example, Jeff Hardy's made every mistake in the world with drugs and alcohol that you could possibly make. But at the end of the day, 
people really like Jeff because Jeff's not a bad person. He just makes bad decisions. And he's cleaning those decisions up, or at least he's trying to. Like, those those demons are hard to fight. Barilla, by all accounts, by everything that we as fans have read about you, not only do you make bad decisions, but you're not the best individual either. Again, I put that disclaimer out there of, I don't know Riddle like that. But where there's smoke, there's fire. I said the same thing about CM Punk. Where there's smoke, there is fire. And when the same things, the same kind of reports keep coming out about you, that's not a coincidence. It's not. You don't see these kind of reports coming out about Xavier Woods. You don't see these kind of reports coming out about Kofi Kingston, about Drew McIntyre, about Sheamus. Hell, you don't even hear them coming out about L.A. Knight. Who's, there's been reports backstage of like, oh, he doesn't really know how to play the politic game that well. That's not a character indictment. That's, hey, I'm not here to kiss anybody's ass. Cool. You don't hear stories like that about The Miz. You don't hear stories about like that about John Cena. Like, you cannot continue to make these kind of decisions and behave in this type of way and think your career is going to maintain itself. It's not. And I want Riddle in WWE because I think he's an extraordinary talent. I think he's really entertaining. But how badly does he want his career? That's what he's going to have to figure out. Count number two. Endeavor. WWE and UFC are officially official, officially official. They put a ring on it. Yes, they did. They are married to each other. UFC and WWE. The companies that constantly talk the most trash about each other are now under one umbrella. See, this is the really interesting thing that I wanted to talk about when it comes to this. And this will only take me a second. But how are they going to coach each other or manage each other as far as their talent goes about ensuring that they're not talking trash about the other company on social media. We've seen wrestlers and UFC fighters go back and forth all the time. UFC fighters calling wrestling fake, blah, blah, blah. And wrestlers saying you wouldn't last a second in our world and everything like that. How does WWE and UFC put a fork in that and say like, Hey, that's not acceptable anymore because we're all under one company. And if you do that, you can hurt, everybody's bottom line like if if i'm if i'm conor mcgregor and i insult wwe i can hurt endeavor's bottom line endeavor's the big boss that controls both of our companies so that's not really gonna be an acceptable thing that the higher-ups are gonna be too happy about seeing going forward so it's just something i was thinking about when i saw this merger become official like how are they going to police that i'm gonna keep my eye on that going forward in the future. And finally, count number three. The greatest commentary team of all time. You know who that is. It's good old JR, Jim Ross, and Jerry the King Lawler. Well, Jim Ross on his podcast, Grilling JR, 
reveal that him and Jerry Lawler are considering and planning a autograph tour just involving the both of them. And I'm sure that autograph tour will include like panels and stuff like that, where, you know, kind of like that one dead man show Undertaker does, where they just sit there and just answer fan questions and stuff for like an hour or so. And, you know, they sign autographs and they get paid for it. I think that would be amazing. I mean, if you grew up in the 90s, early 2000s, watching wrestling, this is the commentary team that you grew up on. This is the commentary team that's behind your favorite moments in WWE history. This is the commentary team that just seems so timeless. And with JR in AEW and Jerry not really on TV much at all anymore because of health things that he uh, was suffering from, you know, it, it would be really nice to see them get back together and, you know, just, just do one more hoorah for the fans, you know, like they, they are, they are, it's no argument. I can't even say arguably, there is no argument. They are undoubtedly hands down the greatest commentary team in the history of professional wrestling. And it's not even close. And, um, I really hope this thing comes to fruition. I hope Jerry the King Lawler has, you know, the best health possible so that this can be a possibility. Same thing for JR. JR's been going through his own bouts with like skin cancer and things of that nature. I really hope that he's okay as well so that this can be a thing because if this is a thing, I will definitely be trying to get to one of the events. Um, it should be really fun. Uh, but, you know, cross our fingers for that one, right? Because. You know, they're, they're getting old. They're getting up there. People are starting to drop like flies, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, uh, anything can happen. Hopefully, this is one of those things that we we get before that moment comes. Well, the next time I see you guys on the Manifest Wrestling Podcast, it will be for the SmackDown reaction. Now, what I am trying to incorporate into this podcast is some more short episodes uh, with just maybe little reactions to different news stories and things that I see, uh, you know, around, you know, the wrestling world. So that's one of the things I'm planning on bringing to you guys, but I will guarantee you. So I'll say the next guaranteed episode of the manifest wrestling podcast will be the Friday night Smackdown reaction. Uh, but stay tuned because you might be getting a lot more than that. And I'm looking forward to all of it. But for now, you guys stay blessed, stay safe. I'm Alfonso McCree Jr. That's A L P H O N S O M C C R A E E Jr. You can bet on me and the Believe Network. We will see you in the next episode. Peace. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.